Hello, and welcome to the Infertility Feelings Podcast. I'm Doug, and I have been entrusted today with starting this podcast. It's actually just me. Very quickly now, we will get to an interview with Jesse, Emily, and Kyle. But for right now, it's just you and me for the next 30 seconds before we get to the interview. Can you believe it? It's just us. To be honest, this is a terrifying responsibility to just be me on a podcast. Hopefully I don't mess this up. All I have to do is just intro this conversation with the wonderful Emily and Kyle. And I'm a little terrified that I'm going to mess this up. So here we go. Here's my best shot at this. Emily and Kyle are such wonderful human beings. Jesse and I had the opportunity to walk with them through their infertility experience. And in this interview, you're going to get a cross-section of what it's like to experience infertility for them. And you're going to see that infertility is something that needs to be taken seriously. It's not something that somebody experiences just for a couple months and goes, oh, wow, that was that was pretty rough, you know? No, infertility is something that is really, it's life-changing. It changes the way that we view ourselves, we view our relationships. It changes our view of meaning in life. I mean, it's it's all-encompassing. And this interview with Emily and Kyle really brings us into the seriousness of infertility. So here is our interview with Emily and Kyle. Welcome, Emily and Kyle, to the Infertility Feelings Podcast. Woohoo! Hello. Hi. We are so happy to have you here. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to tell your story, Emily and Kyle. And we're going to do that by touching on just a handful of really defining moments throughout your lives when it comes to growing your family and struggling to grow your family. And by touching on those things, I think we will see that infertility is a very serious thing and needs to be taken serious. And the emotions, the mental health side of it needs to be taken more serious. So without that was amazing how many times you said serious in that. Did I, did I say too much? <laughs> I I'm know, sorry. Like, Kyle's laughing at me. I was like, serious. wow. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So I think people get the point. Yes, I um, think you got it. I won't say it anymore. <laughs> I seriously will not say serious anymore. I'm serious. I won't say it. Um, <laughs> okay. Without further ado, why don't you guys take us into what these moments are? What's the first one? My and our infertility yeah. story really started when I was 12. I had no idea what infertility was. I had no idea what growing a family was or would look like or any inkling of anything about right. that and you said for my 12, future. 12, 12 right? 12. Yeah. Who's thinking about that at 12? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when I was 12, um, I found out that I had a, a rare like medical condition that dealt with my reproductive system. And, and did you, when you're 12, did that affect you at all? Did you just, okay. And just kind of go on or. I mean, I was bummed to miss a family camping trip. Okay. That's very, <laughs> not, wait, that makes sense. Very that makes 12. sense. Yeah. yeah. Very 12. I was bummed to miss a family camping trip. Um, it was confusing. Mm. I think it was probably the biggest thing. I went back to school cause I was gone from school for like a week and a half. I had to have surgery and there was a rumor that I had cancer. Oh yeah. So it's, okay. it was just a very, like, nobody knows what is going on when yeah. you're 12. <laughs> It's like nobody talks about infertility now or very few, but I can't imagine at 12, that would be a hot topic. Yeah. Or like, I would, yeah, <laughs> it was, it was very bizarre, but it was also just like, okay, this happened. 
move on. Okay. Um, okay. And did the surgery or the, the situation in general make you think about fertility stuff at all? Or did they tell you anything about it? Not really. So in an extension of that, when I was 16, I had to have a partial hysterectomy. Okay. And that's when it kind of came up for the first time. My mom asked the doctor what having kids would look like. And he just said, we'll play that game when we get to it. Those were his exact words. Oh, yeah. That did, I will not forget. Did yeah. That, what did that make you feel when they, someone says that? I was just like, okay, cool. Like he's not saying no. Okay. Right. But you know, when you're 16, you don't realize that that's also not a yes. Right. Right. So, when did it start? What age or what time? Take us into when it was like, oh, this might affect my fertility. And it became more serious maybe. Oh, there's the word again. To be honest, <laughs> probably too long. Yeah. Not until Kyle and I were engaged and okay. ready to get married. And take us into that. Um, so we got engaged. We were ready to get married. And I shared my medical history with Kyle. And he was like, oh, we should probably talk to a doctor about this. Mm. And I'm like, oh, a doctor said we'll just worry about it when we're ready. <laughs> well, no, no. He t- In 12, he told me yeah. that we'll play yeah. when we get there. <laughs> At 16, it was like, nope. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> right. I think I think I was just very naive about the whole process, not really actually considering how serious it was yeah. right. and like what that would look like and right. my anatomy at the time and things like that. So what was that like for you, Kyle? Um, I remember like early in our dating, she brought it up and I was like, had like a back of the mind, like yes, yeah. this, this could lead to something, but we weren't thinking about and we're just you know honeymoon phase getting into right, each right. other mm-hmm. and then yeah after we're committed wanting to get married i'm like this is something we should start we both know we want children so we should yeah. see some some doctors and get some answers yeah okay can i ask both of you in hindsight looking back that's um not something that we dealt with when we no. got together we, we just assumed naively that we would be able to get pregnant whenever we wanted to but going into a long-term relationship, like a marriage. What is that? Like looking back, how do you feel about that? Like that, that was part of it, that that had to be part of it. I still don't know if my mind is connecting this question, but I've talked about this to like both of our parents, um, that in hindsight, I'm almost glad that it didn't come up like, like when it first came up, it was just like a blip, like, yeah, this might be something. And then when it was serious, like we were committed. So I'm glad that like, I didn't have that weight on me when we were early in our relationship. Cause Uh, I couldn't imagine having to grapple with like how much I'm falling in love with Emily and like how much like I want to potentially experience infertility. So it's like, that's talk (laughs) about, it's a really, yeah, it's a really, it's a good point. I'm, I'm grateful that it played out the way it did. So when it was happened and when it got more serious, you were already pot committed. Basically. Yeah. It's just like, we'll do what we have to do. Like, let's yeah. look right, into right. this. Yeah, That's a good point. It's not like date one. You're having exactly, to go like, yeah. Oh, this person, should I get to know yeah. them and deal with infertility or should I not? Yeah, that, exactly. That's kind of would be a yeah. crazy. What was that like for you, Emily? So I think for the reverse side, I felt a lot of guilt being oh, so naive about the situation. Like, when everything, when we were finding everything out, finding out I couldn't carry, like, I just was like, how am I a 30 year old woman just mm. finding this out about myself and my body? Mm. And then in our relationship, I was like, did I bamboozle him? Mm. <laughs> did I, 
even though both of us didn't know, you know, yeah. I felt a lot of guilt in the sense of did, you know, yeah. Did I bamboozle is like the only word yeah, I can think no, of. That makes, did I bamboozle that so him? Sense. And do we now just have this thing that I should have known about right before, but mm-hmm. no, you know, I'd seen handful of OBGYNs yeah. as an adult. Yeah. Right. And no one ever brought it up. And right. so yep. it's that's and, so interesting. Yeah. Walk us into that, like finding out like mm-hmm. you've had this nine, 16, these kind of moments. And then now you're getting to the seriousness of it. And it's like, oh, you cannot carry. Mm-hmm. Like what, what did yeah. that feel like? Does it, did they tell you that? What was that like? Yeah. So we, we did, I had to do a couple like diagnostic, we'd had to do an MRI, um, multiple phone calls. And then we eventually saw a maternal fetal medicine specialist, um, which I think is also interesting. Yeah. But that's who we went to. And she did like an in-depth ultrasound measurements. It was just like very intense. And I think I, I remember, like I can just see us in the doctor's room, the office still. And she just kind of telling us that she did not recommend that I carry, that it was too dangerous, that a child would not properly grow inside me, probably wouldn't make it to term, that I was at higher risk for complications for myself Mm. um, as well. So I think that was, it was a lot to digest. Yeah. It was a lot to digest. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Where are you at in your relationship at this point? We were six. We were getting married in six months. You were getting married in six months. Oh, just add that to the pot of that already stressful time. Mm -hmm. Ah. And what was that like? I just want to say that that makes so much sense what you were saying earlier, that word bamboozled. Did did it almost feel like, oh, I got Kyle, like you said, pot committed. And then now, (laughs) hey, guess what? I can't carry. We're finding that out six months before we get married. Mm -hmm. What was going, what was that experience like? We're, you know, it's hard to probably put in words, but. I just remember, I, I think in hindsight, I don't remember feeling a lot, just very like shell shocked. I think like just very like, Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Now now what? Like very much kind of just, I think just very shocked. I think I was in shock. Yeah. 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 What about for you, Kyle? I don't know what's like confirmation bias, but like part of me feels like I always knew. Like I, like I had a mm. feeling, yeah. but it wasn't something that we communicated about like seriously mm. until I was like, let's get some opinions. Yeah. yeah. And then what were those couple months like after that? I mean, you're getting married. Are you thinking about it? Are you emotional? Are you talking about it? Yeah. Or is it like, let's just get married and then we'll deal with it? No, we, I'm trying to think we went on, we took like, we got referrals to doctors. Mm. We did a consult with an with an RE before we got married in yeah. September. Mm. We got married in November and we did one in September. Um so we were we were like let's let's figure out these yeah. options. Yeah, let's starting. And I think for me that's like what I could do. I was like, "Oh, I can figure this out right now." Right. This is what I can do. Right. That was like the the power that you had was yes. be able to f- try to figure a little bit more of it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like have a plan for us. If I have a plan for us, like we're good. Yeah. Right. Right. Can I ask you for both of you, what did, where was the hope in this whole thing? Were, were you like, okay, the, the mountain is growing, 
the obstacles are there, but there's still so much hope. Was that where you were at? Or, or were you thinking, oh, we're not going to have kids kind of like we're not to say it like this. I'm trying to be sensitive, not, not to say, oh, we're doomed, but was that kind of where you were at? Or were you thinking, no, there's hope is still there. I don't think we were, I don't remember feeling hopeful, but I remember feeling like, oh, this is straightforward. We do IVF. We do surrogacy. We have a baby. I think I was thinking like, oh, surrogacy will be the most difficult part of this journey. Like having an agency and, you know, meeting with another family and all of these things. I wasn't thinking about all the the other side of that, of actually going through IVF and needing embryos for surrogacy. I think I was just thinking like, okay, these are the steps. Right. We'll follow these steps. Yeah. But what does it, I just want to pause on one thing. What does it feel like for a woman to be told you can't carry? In now? Yeah, now. Now. Because then I just didn't really even like, it just was like, oh, just, okay, like, I, sure. I, I get what you mean a little bit. Like, yeah. we both had diagnosis, but the doctor was very like, but you just do this. Yeah. And if it's it fixed. And, and you're you like, got oh, it. Oh, perfect. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like, and it wasn't that sad yet. Yeah. I think the emotional toll and the, the didn't come till later. And I think it really made me question almost everything about myself and my body and how I operate in a medical system, how I operate in a social system. How do I operate as this woman who feels like she's on now on the fringe because she can't carry a child? And what does that say about me and what I can offer my relationship? I know what that's like. Yeah. I know what that's like to Mm -hmm. feel. It's like, I don't know if I would say less than or like an asterisk it feels like yeah. in like, it, there's an asterisk to me. Yeah. I'm not a normal. It's woman, butt. <laughs> yes. Yes. Woman, butt. That's woman good. But yeah. woman, butt. like, mm-hmm. and it's, I get what you're mean to like mm-hmm. socially and, you know, and relating even like, I don't want to give it away, but you guys have a child and yes. <laughs> it's like relating in that way mm-hmm. and not having a breastfeeding story or not having yeah. this, not having that birth story. Like it feels like an asterisk. That's mm-hmm. what I would say. A woman, butt. I like yeah. that. And it's, it's an added layer of grief. And yes. it's the grief I go through now that we do have a child. Yeah. I never felt him kick. Yeah. I never felt him grow. Yeah. I never saw him in my body. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all those, it's, it feels like an ever evolving relationship I have to my body now. Mm. Take us into that. What do you mean by that? Like, I think as I've grown, I've realized, okay, I had this relationship to my body when I was younger and I was finding out about like my complications and diagnosis and that felt like a problem solved. And then it's a problem that resurfaces when we want to grow our family. And then it's a grief. It's now it's a grief that we have grown our family and learning to recognize that grief and where it pops up um, has been kind of a process. And now I'm realizing, oh, this is still something that I may have to think about as I grow older, as a woman, what's menopause going to look like? Yeah, <laughs> what's yeah. all yeah. that going to look like? You know, yeah. because it does affect, affect my reproductive system. And so it's it, all of those. It's just very complex. What I hear you saying is that 
the fertility route for you just got moved. It was that the logistics were different. It wasn't just, oh, you know, let's start trying to have a baby at this month so that when we get, if we get pregnant, it takes a couple months and then we'll have a baby in nine months. So that It just, the logistics had just changed. And, it, and I think that's very true for many people who struggle with infertility is in the beginning, yes, it's devastating. Yes, it's overwhelming. However, it's devastating that the path just looks different. However, the re- the the path is still there and they're relying on the path very much so. And I think for you, it was like, okay, we just got to think about IVF. And I think that's very common for many people. The stakes just go up more and more though, because you're like, okay, yeah. now this is our path. But then if that path doesn't work, you start to go, well, what now? What's yeah. the path? And in that's the hard part about infertility is maybe you find out that you're struggling with something, but there's a million options. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think kind of becomes overwhelming is okay. Well, I won't deal with all the emotions of it. Let's just go down this other road. Is that where you guys felt like you were at kind of going down the IVF road? I think so. As we're talking about it, I'm realizing like, I think I did feel kind of like othered. Mm. Yeah. Very immediately. Like definitely felt very othered immediately. From who? From the yeah. doctors? From your or family? Yourself, yourself? Myself. Okay. Yourself. From myself. You know, we come from a big family. Lots of nieces and nephews. Yeah. No easy. problems. <laughs> easy, <laughs> <Yeah>. easy peasy. <laughs> right. Yep. Um, getting there. I'm not going to say it's easy peasy all the time. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But um, so I, I think we just felt, I felt like the other equation, the other side of the coin. I felt yeah. like the other side of the coin. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, that's now this role that it's I It's funny. Will... Now you still feel that way. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even with relating to yeah. people now, mm-hmm. because your story is a different side of the coin. Yeah. It's not yeah. the typical path. Yeah. This, that, this, Exactly. That. Yeah. Take us into, so you're married, mm-hmm. you're going to this, and now the path of IVF is upon you. Take us into that. Yeah. So we- did our first round of IVF the summer of 2020. Um, Ooh, nothing was happening then. Nothing, it was super chill summer. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> the world wasn't super, falling apart. Super chill. We actually went to the beach a lot, so it was nice. <laughs> so did we. Yeah, it was perfect. You could be um, distant from everyone. Yeah. And I felt like the wind took it away. Yeah, yep, like, just carried yep. everyone's problems yes, away. Yes, yes. <laughs> totally. Um, and like we were super optimistic. Super optimistic. Doctors said we were perfect candidates for IVF. They Perfect candidates do. for surrogacy. Um, and things were going well. I was, it was like textbook, textbook round. Yeah, yep. Um, and then we got, I was sitting on the beach when we got the phone call that we had zero viable embryos. Kyle was in the water surfing. What did that feel like? I felt like my whole world just caved in. What was like, were you in shock? Were you angry? Were you tears? I was crying. And I remember waving to Kyle and I was like, we absolutely, we need to go home. And I think mm. it like came out like a guttural, like we need to go home. Like right. our friends were there Oh yeah. and we could walk there. So we just, remember we just walked up the ramp and just sat at home and cried. Yeah. We were just devastated. Yeah. Cause it's like before this, I can see the picture perfectly. It's like, okay, we got this setback, but we have something. Mm-hmm. Okay. We got this setback, but we'll have, we have mm-hmm. something. And this is like, oh, I didn't see this setback. This didn't wasn't a part of the plan. Mm-hmm. Right. What was that like for you, Kyle? Similar. It was like, yeah, earth shattering, like personality shattering, just like, cause we were, we had the numbers, you know, we had things yeah. that were trending in the right direction. Like, you know, there's a drop off and then just 
with a zero, you're like, yeah, you said personality yeah. shattering. It is just much changes you in an instant. Yeah. It just felt that heavy. Like it yeah. just felt like it's like when you're asking what feeling angry. So it's like every, you felt everything and, yeah. and nothing just like to the yeah. core. Yeah. I know that feeling. Yeah. Yeah, you explained that very well. Yeah. yeah. Second adoption fell through. That is my moment of that. Of yep. just, I just remember looking in this window and it was at night and it was super dark. And I remember just wanting to like almost go into the dark. Mm-hmm. Like I was yeah. like, I almost, it'll be safer if I just go over there. I don't even want to be in this anymore. Yeah. Like right. I want to be. And that's so true. Every emotion yeah. at once. Yeah. Which maps on to what we were saying earlier. Please say you, seriously again. You have this news <laughs> that that you have this condition. It's kind of part of why you get, you know, you're getting together and it's part of your life and, and you're dealing with it. You're taking the right steps. However, it's like, okay, this is just our route. And then all of a sudden kind of the trail crumbles in front of you and now you're stranded. Are you, are you having conversations about what do we do? What does the future look like? How are you coping with something like that? Um, this was pretty hard. I feel like both of us, like we didn't talk to like anybody for like a month. Yeah. Mm. About this or anyone in general about anything. Definitely about this. We talked to like our parents and we shared with a couple of friends, but we just kind of went like silent yeah, you went dark, in our yeah. life. We went dark. Um, and I feel like we've always been really good about like, okay, we're going to give ourselves this time. And then in, I think we decided in six months, we're going to give ourselves six months and then we will revisit how we want to grow our family. So I like I, that's something we've always been able to do, which I think we needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And paint what that six months was felt like. I think we got by, honestly. Yeah, I think like it definitely and, helped and was very necessary to like not. just focus on something else. I'm trying to think what we did. You know, we like to go camping. We like to like hike and go outside. I think we just did a lot of that. But after doing like step by step appointments and like it was nice to just not have anything. Yeah. Do the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Do the opposite. And so and of course, like just how I am in the back of my head, I'm making a plan for what I'm going to (laughs) present at month six (laughs) to Kyle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) The spreadsheet. Like, here's what I'm thinking, you know, like, here's what I'm thinking for going forward. Yeah, And take us into that. I was like, I'm done. I don't want to do any more medical intervention. My body's done with medical intervention. I think a big part of why that was so hard is it triggered a lot of medical trauma that I didn't know I had. The getting zero embryos. That, zero is embryos, that what triggered it? my relationship with doctors, feeling like doctors were always like, this is fine. This is fine. Yep. It's fine. When really it's not fine. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling like I had no support. Yeah or what that was going to be and feel like feeling like I'm just in an office being herded through to the next patient. Um, so I was, I, my, I had like a physical reaction, a physical body reaction. I was done. I'm not putting myself in that position again. And did it feel good to kind of come to that resolution? Um, I no. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was pretty hard. I think I, I think I just felt like I was giving up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But I think it just all compounded. Like, well, my body just can't do it. Like, what's, what is this message from the universe? Maybe I need to listen to a message from the universe.
at the point in your life where you feel like you're going down this path, and this happens sometimes in infertility, a set of circumstances happens, a, a, a bizarre what feels like fate or what feels like I could never have gotten here without this thing happening. And you kind of have a moment like that that brings you to this place of, well, let's just try IVF again. I mean, did you feel confident about going back into another round of it? Um, we decided that if we were going to do another round, we are going to do everything. Yeah, you're going hardcore. We can do. We're going hardcore. Same. We're changing our life too. upside down all the way. We're like, we can do anything for three months and we're just going to change our life for three months. And we were very serious about like what doctor we picked. We interviewed four or five doctors. We're like, we're going to go all in. If we're going to do this. We're going all in. We're not doing this naive. Like we're going all in. So we went all in. You already had this, Kyle, you were saying this attitude of one IVF round and done, but now you're back. You're going hardcore. Are, emotionally, are you like, I'm really hopeful or were you kind of just like tentative for both of you? Like on the, on the feelings level, what was it like? I'm curious how much you would agree. Like, I think obviously if we started with IVF, there's a part of us that wanted our own biological child more mm-hmm. so than adoption. So I think that is what made that struggle and that choice hard. Yeah. I think probably both of our parents also wanted that for us more. And I think that was really like deep seated and back of the mind. Yeah. Um, and then just the, the amount of time that passed, like it was around a year later, I think it was enough space and just sitting with all that to be cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. Very cautious. Yeah. And what did the doctor tell you going into that round? They all this, they, yeah, they were all pretty hopeful. They're all pretty hopeful. I remember the doctor we did end up picking. Like he gave me enough different things because that was our big thing, too, is what is going to happen? Like what is going to be different? I don't want to go through this going through the same exact protocol. And so the doctor we picked gave us enough different things that I was like, okay, like this isn't going to be the same. So you go through this IVF cycle. What's the outcome? It's positive. We ended up with a handful of embryos. What just was that so bizarre? Were you like, holy crap, a year has gone by. You said you weren't going to do it again. Now you're here with a couple of embryos. I mean, are you, are you just shocked? I was like, I felt like we could hope again. I felt like I could breathe again. Mm -hmm. I felt like, yeah, I felt like I could hope again. We wouldn't talk about what, how, like we just kind of stopped talking about baby names, how we would raise our kids, what it would look like to raise kids. We just stopped talking about it. It was just not anything we talked about because it was too painful. And so I felt like we could finally talk about all of that again. To feel like almost like a a portion of your relationship was on like someone press pause Mm -hmm. and not someone press play again. Yeah, Yeah, that that is what it felt like for me. We were we were at different levels at some points, though. Because I, I was definitely more okay. cautious still. I was yeah, just okay. like, yeah, we have embryos. Cool. Like, I'm <laughs> right. psyched. That's awesome. Yeah. Really happy about that. But I want a kid. Like, yeah. I yeah. want to be holding a baby. Yes. Before yeah. I'm like ecstatic. Yeah. Right. Gosh, I felt, oh, the, sa- so I felt the same way. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, maybe when they can drive. I'll, I'll yeah, get excited. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're pulling the plug on me. I'm happy. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. When, I so want to know the absolute end. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So you, you have a couple embryos. 
Kyle, you're in a place where you're like, yeah, okay. You're, you're thinking, okay, maybe we can start to live in this and into a little bit more, but then the mountain is still huge. You have to go through a surrogacy. What was that like? That was fast and furious. Like yeah. it, Kyle's sister told us in December and we were transferring in May. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So it was very, it was very quick, but it was also very, it was a roller coaster. It was a roller coaster. Like it's a roller coaster. It was, you're finally doing the thing that you've been wanting to do. I think also it was the first time for me that our journey was about more than us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. So that was like kind of having to see someone else go through the other side of that journey. Yeah. Brought up a lot of like, oh, wait, I still can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. Is that kind of when that like happened? The light bulb went off of like, oh, like this is surrogacy. This is different than me. Yes. What was that like? Absolutely. I think it was just like, wow, I didn't realize how badly I wanted to do this. Ah, until I, there it is. Yeah. Like, (laughs) aha, like aha moment. Yeah. I didn't realize how badly I wanted to be the one to do this. Um, but I'm so grateful for Kyle's sister and like, she was the most amazing teammate. If I can't do it. Can't think of somebody better too. I'm right. I'm eternally grateful and appreciative that she could. Right. With all that being said, yeah. of course, but what was going on emotionally? Like you said, like, wow, I wanted to do this. Like mm-hmm. what feelings were coming up in that process for you? I was very, I, it was very heavy grief, mm-hmm. very heavy grief, very sad. Um, it was, yeah. And I felt like I kind of had to hide a lot of that mm-hmm. for that part of our journey. From who? Everybody. The <laughs> yeah. world. The world. Yeah. Cause the world is looking like, Hey, cause obviously it was successful. So yeah, it yeah. worked. So everyone is like, Oh my gosh, look at, look at what you got. Aren't you mm-hmm. so happy? Mm-hmm. And then you're having to internally kind of process your own. And then that's hard to do like in isolation. basically. Yeah. And I'm very much too. I don't like to share how I feel until I know how and why I feel something. Uh, so I had a lot to go through internally to get to a place where I could Talk about that. Yeah. 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 I feel like I totally see what you're saying. There are times throughout our infertility stories where maybe somebody gives us money to do something or maybe somebody gives us an opportunity to do something or, or we feel like maybe it feels like someone has extended themselves for us to have this opportunity, but then we don't have the, we don't have the ability to be like, okay, but I'm super sad that I have to do it because you've given Mm -hmm. me the opportunity to do it. It almost cut like, you know, cuts off, you cuts you off at the knees in terms of being able to express yourself. So then you said like, I had to kind of hide those feelings from the world. I feel the same with adoption. When we've had our son come into our lives, like people are like infertility, what, you know? And it's like, no, this still affects me. Um, what was the surrogacy like for you, Kyle? I mean, it feels similar. similar. It obviously hit Emily very different, like with not being able to carry, um, like greatest gift we ever could have got one of the perfect case scenarios, like extremely grateful. Like how do you show gratitude for something like that? But it is, yeah. With that immense gratitude, it's like 
this still sucks. Like we're yeah. still alone. Yeah. We're still not able to do this. We still have to go to appointments and do all these, like my sister has to get shots. My wife can't carry like to progress towards having a family. So it, it was that weird balancing. Yeah. Act. We've interviewed someone um, named Matt and Stacy. They're great. And they also have had, uh, you know, a baby through surrogacy and, there is like this is this whole team aspect mm-hmm. of like we're all working towards this same goal, but then it it there are sometimes not a lot of spaces for us to be like yeah, but I'm really sad that we have to be doing this. Like mm-hmm. I don't want a team. I didn't want. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to do any of it's this. Like it's, you're not allowed. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's it almost no. Feels like you're not allowed. Yeah. There's no private moments. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, take us into that. There's no moment that? between Kyle and I. Mm. That's private on the journey to our son being born. Yeah. I remember Matt said on that podcast, he said, I almost didn't know where to stand in the room, you know, because if it's like the girl, like his wife was like very like into the girl and talking or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's like, as the guy, I don't know if you felt the similar way, Kyle, but like, he was like, where do I stand? Do I belong here? Even like like metaphorically almost like, where do I? Not emotionally. But I'm saying physically and metaphorically a little bit like, where do I, how do I fit into this whole thing? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you felt the same, Kyle. I mean, to some, it's, it is weird just to have three people in the room and like yeah. my sister's getting the ultrasound and Emily's next to her and like, who's he going to hand the printouts to? And like all this, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Who do they give the pictures to, yeah, like, you know, not being called mom. Yeah. Oh. Definitely hard. But it's like things that you're just like, I got to let them, I got to let it run off my back in the moment. And then I can take my time that I need to figure this out. And what was the process of deep grief for you? Like, how do you feel like you moved through that? Um, I'm not saying you are finished with it. I'm no, just saying. I was like, I'm absolutely not finished. Yeah. yeah. I think deep grief for me, it's definitely evolving. Um, I don't think I realized how deep my grief was hmm. until probably a couple months ago, actually, and how trapped I was in my grief. Um, but I'm learning to name it and recognize it. And that's been like the biggest path forward. It's like, oh, I think also realizing that a lot of things that I thought was envy are actually grief. Ah. Yeah. And so that's been a big. And would you say envy is the way that it shows up the most? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Like thinking I'm jealous of someone's baby bump. Yeah. But I'm actually not. I'm just very sad that I will never have a baby bump. That's good. Yeah. yeah. That's a hard process to or go it's through. Like, yeah. Breastfeeding. Yeah. It's like, I will never have the mm-hmm. breastfeeding story. I remember I'm such a seven on the Enneagram. It's fine. <laughs> but like, I remember I never will be able to go to a party for myself pregnant, like a shower. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and that was like a deep grief for me, which is so funny. A party for me, but it's true. It's like, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, it's weird. And it's weird how it plays out for different people too. It's very weird. I did not want a baby shower for a lot of reasons. Yeah. But part of it is that. Yeah. And so it's different. It's different. And, and you, yeah. Like, you know, I think too, like I always had a vision like it's like memories that aren't memories. I always always had these mm. memories that aren't memories of sitting on the beach, like holding a bump, watching Kyle surf. And like to me, that is such a sweet memory, but it doesn't exist. And so it's like grieving that when I see it too. Like when I see a woman pregnant watching her husband surf. Yeah. Like 
All the time you see that. I see, I do, I see yeah. it all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is, but you know, it's like, it's just- I have those I'm too, like, though. I'm, obs- yeah. I'm obsessed with that, what you just said, that uh, that it, there are like memories that aren't memories. You know what yeah. I mean? They're, mm-hmm. they're visions, but they almost feel like memories. Yeah, they you know? feel real. You can, I can yeah. see, I can see it so and then And then you poignantly. see it and you're like, that's the memory that I have, but- there's another person in my memory. Yeah, it's an it, alternate reality. It's someone's. Oh it's almost gosh. like a dream. So yeah. good. That yeah. is so good. I view it as like a dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's it's a dream that I had yeah. that was very strong that mm-hmm. I don't have. Yeah. And the person is not me mm-hmm. experiencing it. You have these memory. I love how you said that memories that aren't really memories. They're almost like visions of how this whole thing will go down. And now you're in these rooms and you're you're watching Kyle's sister be on the, you know, on the table getting the ultrasound stuff, all that, all those things. The story in a way is not over because maybe you had a vision for how the surrogacy would go, but then it doesn't go maybe how you thought it would go. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, I mean, we envisioned Kyle, I, Kyle's sister, her husband, all being in a room together. Yeah. Having this beautiful moment where, our child is born again, a memory. Yeah. yeah. A memory coming up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we hoped for, but that's not what happened. Our son was born early yeah. and in the NICU for two months. He was born at 28 weeks in the NICU for two months. So are you guys like at this point or at any point in this journey being like, what else could happen? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like what else yeah. could go? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what I'm feeling. I'm like, where is this going to go from here? Like it just, are you guys feeling like that unfairness? Like I feel like infertility already is unfair, but like you guys, I feel like have so much more piled onto that. Do you feel like you think about that? I think I reached a point where I was just like, I have no control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was just like, I, it was this, I remember when we were kind of going through the surrogacy journey and like the complications, we were just like, this is a lesson we don't need to learn. Mm -hmm. Ah, we don't need this lesson. Yeah. I'm done with this lesson. I will release control. Yeah. Like, please, wherever this is coming from, we got please it. Please stop teaching <laughs> yeah. me yes. this lesson. Stop testing us. Stop yeah. testing us. Stop teaching us this lesson. And, you know, the, the Nikki wasn't easy. There are definitely a lot of hard moments there, but. I think it was just the ultimate, it was the ultimate release of control. Yeah. Did when you felt that way and you finally were like, okay, I'm just going to release piss that this is again, whoever yeah. I like how you said, like whoever's bringing this our way, yeah. like we got stop it. it. We've had enough. <laughs> I we're got good. it. Yeah. Of like, what did that releasing of control feel like after you did that? I think it, at least I could channel all my love and energy into our son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could pick out books for him. I could pick out blankets for him. Like I could focus on very, very like frivolous things Mm -hmm. for him. Cause I could bring him a book to read it. I could bring him a cute blanket. We could bring him a hat. We could like put pictures up in his isolate, you know? And, and I think our NICU journey is very different than a lot of other people's because it's coming at the end of a long road of infertility. Right. Or not the, you know, and it's, so I think it just was like, okay, what can I actually control? I can't control the temperature of his isolate. I can't control what medication he needs. I can't control like his feedings. I, I can't control how those things are going. So what can I control? 
looking back on this story, I mean, there's so many things. I, I we wanted you to come on the podcast to talk about why infertility needs to be taken serious because it's life-changing. And I think there's no other way to describe what you guys have been through than saying that it's life-changing from where you were at in the beginning of kind of getting together thinking, Oh, how will this go to where you're at now? I mean, how do how could you ever create that? How could you ever write that? It just seems so, um, crazy really. And, and, and you, ha- but you've had to live it looking back on the whole story. It's probably an impossibly big question, but looking back on that whole story, even going back six months before you got married, thinking about this well, couple, 12, even Emily, going, yeah, 12. even going back to 12, 16 years old, thinking about fertility family. What are the emotions that come up for you when you look at this whole thing? I think all the feelings came when he came home, when our, when our son came home. Mm-hmm. And we actually got to be parents. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and what feelings came? Well, I think, I think the biggest thing was, oh, I'm not, a, I'm not remotely over or mm. through any of this. <laughs> Mm. And not over. I'm not yeah. through I, and not through either because as my relationship has changed with everything, I've I'm accepting there is no yeah. over, there is right. no through. There is only living. And so I did not know how to live with everything. And I was just getting by. I was just getting by. Yeah, that's so huge. Yeah. I, I totally see what you're saying. It, it's that it's not that it's like, oh, I'm not over this. It's just, oh, this is here. Like, oh, there's this in the room. Mm-hmm. As, it's almost like as could, I'm trying to be a parent. Oh my gosh, you know. It's almost like you could breathe again a little bit. And that breath is like, oh, our reality. And what feelings come up with that reality of what we just went through. Right. And yeah. I think too, the biggest part and what what I've talked about, like wanting for our life right now is we've always been working towards growing our family. Mm. And that is where we've been so intensely. Yeah. And our family has grown and we have our son and it's like now, wow. Yeah. I don't have this thing. Yeah. (laughs) That I'm now, you know, however stories play out and however you decide these chapters kind of open and close, like once we now have this new chapter of our life of I'm now not like working towards growing our family. Our family has grown. It's like, Oh wow. That was, that was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned lot. that like you mentioned earlier yeah. that just even a few months ago, you realized that this has been a deep grief. Mm-hmm. What has that been like for you? I think it's hard to explain for me sometimes, but the biggest thing is I, I did not realize how trapped I was in my grief. Like I was not building, no matter how hard I thought I was building my life around my grief and my life and my circumstances and what was going on, you know, working towards, it's like, I always think of the image of the jars, you know, like you're the ball of the jar gets bigger and you have more space for your grief. Like I was not doing that. I was like cramming it in and being like, I, I can do this. <laughs> But now creating space for it, I've realized how much 
it changed how I relate to people, how I relate to like society as in general and what it looks like to grow families and, and how it's changed my perspective on that and how I talk to people about it. It's changed how I relate to myself. It's changed how I relate to parenthood. And in what ways do you feel like it's changed it for yourself? I think I've had to learn to be okay that I'll never be what I thought it was to like be a woman, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Like I'll never be pregnant. I'll I'll never have all of these experiences that other women have. And that that's does not make me less of a woman, which is what it felt like for so long. And it still feels like sometimes, you know, there's, I think I, and I think accepting that I will always have those feelings will always come up. Yeah. It's just being like, Oh, Hey, that's, there you are. <laughs> like, yeah. Hello yeah, grief. Yeah. There you are. Yep, yeah. Right. And viewing it as grief. Yeah. And viewing it as grief versus yeah. envy or why me like, or all of these or anger, because I think I displaced a lot of my grief on envy and anger and frustration. Whereas I'm like, no, it's actually all, it's, it all kind of falls into that. Yeah. I say it all the time is it's probably not that thing. Mm hmm or that person or pregnancy, that person's pregnancy or whatever, it probably, it's infertility's fault. Mm -hmm. It's not that thing's fault. It's that you're in this world and you don't want to be and because nobody wants to be in this world. What do you feel like for you, Kyle, this journey has left you feeling? I think during like infertility, during the NICU, it was just like, we talked a lot about like, I don't know how this is going to play out emotionally. Like how we're, we have no, we were just like, I guess we'll find out when this trauma is going to come back or not. Or like, <laughs> right, if we're right, going to yeah. process it or yeah. not. Yeah. And I mean, knock on wood, I, like ever since our son has been here, I've been able to focus on him. And like that's, yeah. Yeah. it's not to say that it's gone or I don't have anything to process or I'm healed or whatever, but it's, it's been a lot easier than going through the journey because yeah you know for lack of a better phrase like we got what we wanted like right. obviously not in the way that we wanted or how we wanted but right. um but very interesting to go through something knowing <laughs> having this perspective of i don't know how this is going to affect me but i know it's probably going to and yeah. then you're kind of just living with that you know that reality like yeah. we'd be driving home from the nicu and like after seeing our son who looked or maybe was more sick that day than other like needed more oxygen support than the previous day or week. And just like, I know what we just saw was like, not good, like not emotionally okay for people to see. And we have like, we were just in it. Like, we'll just come back tomorrow and hope he's doing better. And we're like, obviously not going to like go do some therapy tonight or something. Yeah, totally. Go back the next day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, I don't think people think infertility is like that. You know, I don't think they, there's, there's not, that's not written into our understanding of what people are going through, but I completely agree with you. There had been, there were moments in our story of um, infertility and adoption where, you know, we're driving away going, 
that that was scarring, you know, yeah. like I, yeah. I'm okay, but I know that that was yeah. not okay. I know that no one was, spo- no one is supposed to experience what I just experienced. We met you through the uniquely knitted process groups. Woo woo. Woo woo. Um, and it was an honor to be with you in part of this story with you. How do you feel like being part of a community that was processing, that was talking about emotions and learning these different ways to connect with people? What role did Uniquely Knitted play in this whole story? Um, it played a huge role for me. I think prior to joining the process groups, I think all I really knew about infertility was like, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sad and frustrated and it's difficult. But then we joined the process groups and everyone shared their story and you realize that everyone's story is so different, but all of your feelings and emotions, that is what unites you. And so like I having that be the focus of how to work through the feelings that come up through infertility and what you're feeling and like nothing is off the table when it comes to feelings that you can share that deepest, darkest thought and someone else in that group has probably had that thought at some point in time and you see like how unalone you actually are. And that was really important for me to not just see that there are other people going through infertility, but feel with other people going through infertility. That you're not crazy. Yeah. 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 We always say we are not going to be uniformed in our experience, but united in our grief. Yes. Pretty much everybody that goes through this world feels very similarly. You know, everyone's had a moment. If you're in this group, you've had a moment where your life has not gone according to your plan. Yeah. And that in itself is going to bring on grief. Do you think that being part of a, a, a group that was processing like this and sharing stories opened up a channel for you to say, okay, this is something that maybe one, you knew that maybe you knew you needed to do it, but a new, a renewed sense of, okay, I need to make sure that I'm processing and get this stuff out there. I, definitely. And I, I think it really made me become friends with my grief too. And just be like, okay, this is real. This is all these feelings are real. And then all the things we go through in the process groups about, you know, our needs and boundaries and taking, you know, ownership ownership and all of that was so important in that process too. We talk all the time now about like, okay, what do you need? Yeah. What do you need? Yeah. (laughs) And like that totally changed our family vocabulary. I, I think sometimes we need moments like that where we experience the benefit of talking about our feelings. You know, mm-hmm. it's not magic what happens in the uniquely knitted process groups and in process groups in general. It's just. He's pointing to me because I always say that. I always say that Doug and I are not the magic, but you guys are the magic. The <laughs> I vulnerability mean, you guys is are the pretty magic. amazing. No, oh, no, 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 no. I will say that. But it always sounds so Disney to me. Doug's like, that is the most <laughs> Disney thing. <laughs> to but say. It's, yeah. it's true. It's just, it's an opportunity for everyone to share and open and be honest. And when you experience the benefit of that, I think it becomes very apparent that, oh, this is good. I, this is how I can, you know, combat these feelings of isolation and stress that let's talk about it for you, Kyle. What was the experience like? Don't say it sucked, Kyle. (laughs) I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, basically like the seriousness of infertility is that every interaction you have, like whether it's 
someone asking or you see something that's triggering is always like an opportunity for a potential full breakdown or armoring or something like that. And the groups was a place where you're just like, like, okay, like I might break down. I might not like, I can break down if I want to, I can get into it. Like these people are here for me. They understand to a degree of what I'm going through. We're all grieving something. Whereas outside of that, like, even if it's your family member, your closest friend, someone that you trust, like every interaction, you have to decide like how much of that to let go or not. And if you're at work or you're, you know, have to do something or you don't want to burden someone with that. So it's a lot to juggle all the time in that space is so valuable to have. Yeah. I love that. I think you're, I think that's absolutely true is every interaction that you're in out in the world feels like this potential opportunity to lose it. And you're like, I don't, it doesn't feel as safe. Um, but to be in a place that feels like, oh, I can process, I can lose it. That's a, yeah. such a safe environment and so needed as we go through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I add something? Of yeah. course. I think too, a lot of times the grief of infertility can feel like something you shouldn't speak about mm-hmm. because it's not a well understood grief. How, how do I explain the grief of losing something I never had? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you, the groups, it's like everyone knows yeah, what that means and feels like. Right. And so I thought that was super helpful and important and it felt very safe. Yeah. It yeah. felt very mm-hmm. safe. Yeah. I always say like, it's like when someone asks you, how are you? And you're like, how, like, yeah. what? how much time do you have? <laughs> well, like we're, we're taught to just be like, good. Yes. Yeah. Fine. And it's like the same for infant. Like, how's yeah. it going? Like, well, it's not great, but yeah. we're doing our best. Right. <laughs> right. I just think about like both of you in the middle of that story. We just heard someone goes like, Oh my gosh, Kyle, how have you been? man?" you're like, are you serious? <laughs> like uh, how much time do you have? <laughs> right. Yeah. How would you even begin to like, how would that be a safe enough place to do that? How would you, even if you do love them and you do feel safe with them, it's like, well, bro, like how much time you have? Like, (laughs) I know I keep saying that, but it's true. It's like, it takes a lot. It's a very complex answer. It's not just a, oh, this, this. It's very complex to explain infertility. You have to ask, do you want to know how I actually am? Or is this the pleasantry? Like, do you want to exchange pleasantries or do you actually want to know how I'm doing? And I feel like I do that in my mind (laughs) Yeah, of like, do you want, Yeah, what what kind of how how are you is this? Like, yeah, it's difficult. You should just burst into tears. That'd be the number one way to see what they think. (laughs) Oh, that's that's happened before. (laughs) (laughs) After and how are you? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Part of uh, what we're doing in this podcast is one, we're we're talking about your story, your individual experience of fertility, but we're also wrapping your unique story into this bigger concept that, like I said in the beginning, infertility needs to be taken more serious. Sorry, I choked when I said that. <laughs> You're starting to choke yeah, on that word you now. Ran, you ran out of serious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tapped out. Tapped out with that word. Um, it's that infertility needs to be taken more seriously. And I, I think the, the reason being is that what people are going through is an undue amount of stress, an undue amount of change. It's unfair. It's unfair and it feels overwhelming. Can you two just speak to the importance of infertility being taken serious by doctors, by therapists, by friends and family? Um, why do you think that infertility is so important and needs to be taken this serious? 
is just so interwoven throughout someone's day-to-day life. Yeah. That to take it seriously means to not have all this weight. Yeah. You know, to take it seriously, to have people know that this is something that should be taken seriously, that this is something that's happening to your neighbor, your friend, you know, someone you know, and know that like this is just their their day-to-day life doctor's appointments trying to conceive like it's it's not one big moment that happens to you totally yep and i think we're so used to taking big moments seriously that this isn't a big moment it's just someone's day-to-day life so to take it seriously means to be able to have these conversations at the beginning versus i think so many people are having these conversations when they're deep in a journey and it's been months, years, they're finally feeling like they can open up about it. And to take it seriously to me would mean that you can start having these conversations right away with Mm -hmm. somebody that it's open. It's a part of our life. It's a part of our society. And, and it, I think it's also important because it changes every aspect of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And that is just, it's huge. Yeah. I like how you said, like, it's not just a moment. Like if someone's like, yeah, we're doing IVF. It's like the amount of conversations that these people have had before even doing IVF Mm -hmm. is, would blow someone's mind. Yeah, You know what I mean? To get to be, to get to that point. Mm -hmm. It's not just that blip. It's Mm -hmm. so much more than that. Well, you're making serious decisions. Yeah. You're making decisions about your life, a potential child's life. Like, this is not just like, oh, hey, like, growing our family. Like, I think when you go through infertility, you ha- you're considering the serious gravity of what it means to bring a child into the world. Because that's what you want. That's what. That's. Yeah, that's what it's about. <laughs> that's yeah. what it's about. Yeah. And like. That is a big deal. And then yeah. to have it be difficult and have it, you know, it's just it, you're not talking about small things. Like these are very big topics that I think sometimes just get wrapped up into like, Oh, doing this, doing that. Like you're going grocery shopping, but it's like, no, (laughs) you're trying to grow your family and have a baby. Like, yeah. Yeah. I love, I love what you're saying. Cause I think it is true that people think sometimes the big major serious things are just this one time event. Mm -hmm. But when infertility, it's almost a lifestyle that you sort of figure out halfway through that you're in that you're mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, this is changing my life. This three-year stretch is the big event. And mm-hmm. I think services and people's attention and people's words and people's care need to be applied the whole time, which almost feels crazy to think like, oh, we're just supposed to care for someone and like pay attention <laughs> to them for like three years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of. Yeah. Well, like that's what, and I think, I guess too, like it's, it's serious in the sense of if you want to be in community with someone, yeah, it's a part of it. Need yeah. to be in community with their whole life, yeah, because it is stressful. It is lonely. It is sad. It is heartbreaking. Yeah, and to be in true community means to be in that with them—the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kyle, how about for you? Infertility being taken seriously, what does that mean for you? Why does it need to be? I think. Strictly because of the prevalence and like kind of the stigma and then bandwagoning on what Emily said is that it is, it's like ever present. It 
invades everything. Like when you're going through it, you can see some like those memories, those dreams you have of like, I've, you know, had visions of Emily being pregnant. So when I see a family, it's like, man, it's still, regardless of where you are in the journey. And I've always liked that you guys called it like a season, whether or not it's six months, a year. And sometimes that season is your whole life or it like yeah. dwindles away and comes back for certain things. But yeah, it's not something that is a blip and it's not something that is, you can easily bandaid. We had a provider who, you know, after we had kind of gone through some of the initial testing and figured figured out we were going to definitely struggle with fertility related issues. As I'm walking out, the the provider, the doctor said, "Hey, uh, just in case, you know, I thought I'd tell you this that you might want to see a therapist because infertility can be like a death of a spouse." And then that was it, and kind of sent me out the door. I thought, "Here's your what? referral. See you later." <laughs> I just thought. And he tapped you on the back. As I, you know, I am grateful that you said that and great job from this provider kind of adding in that information. Mm-hmm. But is that the offering that we have in terms of the mental By side the of way. this? <laughs> By the way. You might feel like somebody died. Yes. yes. I just thought, oh, is, is this the level that we're addressing this side of it? And, and thank you for saying that. But also we got to, I think we can do much better as a society yeah. all yeah. the way around in terms of, yeah. oh, you're going into this journey. Well, there's going to be a lot of things that you or go through an experience, here's some ways to deal with that. Here's some ways to be upfront about it and process mm-hmm. as you go. Yeah. There's nothing like that. And that I think that's what we're advocating for. Yeah. Well, here are resources because you go into those waiting rooms. Yeah. There's nothing. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's and- like you feel so alone. You don't want to talk to anybody. Everybody has their head down. You're all yeah. going through the same thing. Like, those are the perfect people to talk to. Yeah. But without, those resources, like any sort of mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Support, and that's, and this is like, me, how do I navigate? This? And this is me being like, a, you know, thinking with my vision nonprofit hat on. I think the answer to what we need first and foremost is process groups because mm-hmm. it connects us with other people, helps us get some of this stuff off our chest, start to talk at first. Sometimes we're, we'll need therapy. Sometimes we'll need counseling, whatever it is. But I think just beginning with an opportunity to connect with other people is so important. Well, especially for someone that doesn't talk about it. Yeah. It's a great place to start with people that understand. And that's why we need to be uniquely knitted worldwide, global, thousands of process groups a day. Global. A day. A day. A day. <laughs> I love it. I cannot thank you enough, Emily and Kyle, for coming on the podcast, for sharing your story, to letting us into how you've experienced growing your family. It's a crazy story. And we are here with you all along the way. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys. You're welcome. Yeah, we appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for everything you do. You're welcome. We appreciate you. You are welcome. Keep Doug it up. Say, we're keeping it up. Yeah. We're keeping it up. Doug, say serious one more time. I just really want to say I'm seriously so grateful. Uh, seriously. Seriously. I just, <laughs> seriously, I'm so grateful that you guys are here. Seriously. Thank you for listening to the Infertility Feelings Podcast, a show produced by the nonprofit Uniquely Knitted. This is your place to process, cry, and laugh about infertility. We are so grateful to all of our wonderful donors who support this work. If you would like to learn more about how we serve the community and support the work of Uniquely Knitted, we encourage you to check us out at uniquelyknitted.org. If you enjoy this podcast and would like more people to hear it, please give us a rating 
and a comment in Apple Podcast. This is the best way for more people to hear these conversations. If you need to talk to someone about your feelings, please reach out to us. We are here to help you. If you would like to learn more about our unique process groups, please follow the link in our show notes.